Okay, well, you're poor. I just want you to know. Okay, we good? I think so. Thanks for the clock. All right, here we go. We are in our series, Empowered. And in this series, what we are doing is, is that we look at, just one second. Is it going? Click, click. I don't know if I've, this is on. It's all right. Yeah, yeah, going back. But here's what Empower is about. It's this idea that in Luke, what Jesus did was is he trained up disciples. What are we? Disciples. So what we're doing is we're looking at how Jesus did it in Luke because we understand that that's the same way that Jesus who's alive yesterday, today, and forever, and the Holy Spirit who's in us is doing the same process that Jesus did in terms of raising us up. And we are at, frankly, a critical moment right now important day one of the most important days that we will have for a very long time and have had since a very long time what's happening today is we're going to do a commissioning what's a commissioning you say simple we're going to in about 25 minutes we're going to have people spread up out up, up out here people that i've asked to come forward and then what we're going to ask you to do is to pray in your seat and then come forward and let them pray for you to commission you. Anybody who's been through Bible college or seminary or anything like this, it's just a praying for you and, and maybe giving you a word from the Lord and sending you out commissioned. And I'm going to show you in two seconds how biblical this is. But I just want to say something. Those of you who have gone through this, this is a precious time. This is an important moment. This is a moment. I, when I, I know when I graduated from seminary and my professors were up there and we went forward and got prayed for them, got prayed over by them, uh, it's just a moment. I'm just telling you. I don't don't know how else to say it except to say that you feel like you've been commissioned, right? Which is what we're doing. So let me say I'm excited about it because this is what I chose to do with my life. I recognize that there's some people sitting here who are saying, I'm not as excited as you are, Kurt. (laughs) Can't I just stay where I am in my faith? You know what I mean? I'm pretty happy with how much I love God, and I'm pretty happy with how it's going with my job and my family and my, hey, you know, and maybe I got a couple problems, but I'm talking to God about them. And can I just kind of do stasis, you know? Isn't, you know, stasis the word? Can I just kind of stay like this? I love you, but no. In Christ, you're either growing or dying. That's just the truth. By a strong right arm, thankfully, we're all still growing, some of us kicking and screaming. In fact, let me give you three reasons why you want to come forward and be prayed for today, okay? Here's the first one. A walk with Christ is a journey. We have this understanding in our minds sometimes about Christianity that, you know, I've been doing it for quite a while, and I've gotten to a certain place, and I'm kind of good at it, and I, you know what I mean, and I got it, I I get it, and now I can kind of do that and do my other things, and, and I can kind of do this. I just really want you to understand, a walk with Christ is a journey. There are things, as I said last week, that God has for you to do that he declared that you would do before the foundations of the world. The only question is going to be whether or not you're prepared to do them. The only thing that's at issue is whether or not when you get there, if it'll be a, I don't know what to do and I'm totally lost, or a, God has prepared me for this moment. And, you know, it's one thing to say, you know, it's no big deal, but all of a sudden, you know, a loved one, somebody gets very sick or somebody has a tremendously painful thing happening in their life, and suddenly you actually want to be there for them. 
You're going to want to be here next week to listen to Justine's sermon because she is just going to knock it out of the park on a dimension of this. So I'm not going to steal from it now, otherwise I would right now. Because I heard her sermon and I would steal your entire sermon, wherever she is. I would steal the whole thing, hook, line, and sinker. Okay? Because it's just that good. And it's about the benefit that comes to you, roughly. It's deeper, and, but it's about that. But I just want you to know, I want you, when God is walking you on this journey, I want you to be engaged in where he's got you and not sort of not there because it's still happening. See? I want you to be in the journey with him so that when these things happen, your friend can be helped and you can be blessed. You'll come to know him so much differently and better. See that? So that's the first reason. I'm telling you, stuff is going to happen, and you're going to want to be ready for it. I think there's already stuff that's happened to us in our life that we were not ready for. And we don't even know that it happened. I think it's when we get to heaven that we'll look and we'll go, oh, my gosh. And he says, he'll wipe away every tear. And I think that means one thing, but I think it's okay to use it in this context to say when we see what we could have done, we'll look at all the things that we complained about and we'll go, Wow, I was really, really, really off base. You had so much more for me than I even begin to imagine. Now, this is where the second reason comes in, and that's, this, this is really important. Think about this. God is infinite, and we are finite. How big is infinite? How deep is infinite? How much is there in infinity? By definition, more. <laughs> By definition, no end to how deep, how big, how much. I'm really, okay, I've been a Christian for 40 years. I did did it for a sermon a while back. I added up what were the few years in those 40 years that I wasn't pursuing God passionately. Still loved him. I've never fallen away from him at all. But I'm just saying, what were the years that I was sort of in more of a, I wasn't doing much. I wasn't pursuing him. What were those, what was happening in those years? And I want to that was seven of the 40 years in a couple of different pockets, two or three different pockets. But so that means for 33 years, I have pursued God. Now watch this. We talk about this college thing, right, that we're graduating from college today. That's kind of what's happening with this commissioning. It's like you're graduating from college. That's Luke 1 through 8, but really 4 through 8, where he was training up the disciples. And we're saying we're graduating from college today. And we're doing a ceremony. That's what we're doing, Right? And then he sends them out, which is what happens after college. You go out into the world, right? And then you realize there's more to learn. But while you're doing, you're learning, and that's the master's degree. And ultimately, we're going to see that there's a doctoral in this book too, which, which ends with Pentecost and so on, okay? But the bottom line is, is I want you to think about something. I, I've actually studied theology for a lot of years, and I've gone deeper and deeper. And here's the thing about theology. I may be working on something that I find fascinating and interesting and incredible. But I'm telling you, in theology or any other subject, medicine, anything, like you can be a doctor, you can be a general doctor, or you can be a surgeon, or you can be a surgeon on the eyes. I have a friend who was in the military, Air Force Force doing pilot's eyes, and this guy has, I think, 15 years of post-medical degree education in the eye. You wouldn't even think there's, there's not 15 years worth of stuff to talk about. Turns out with fighter pilots and the pressure they have, there is. And, and so 15 years. Now here's the thing. When he did that, see what he's doing? He's narrowing. He's focusing, right? He's going deeper and deeper into a specific thing. 
Now that's good if that's what you're inclined to do. My grandmother always said it this way. She said, if you could have two lifetimes, the first one ought to be a generalist, which is to say be good at a lot of things. The second one, be a specialist. Get really good at one thing. But since you only get one life, most people probably ought to pick the generalist. It's going to be more rewarding, more fulfilling, more of the, Because there's something about getting so terribly focused in something that sort of is pretty narrow, right? I literally was working in a field of theology that there was maybe 50 people in the world that knew what I was talking about. My master's committee, three of the people, all three of them didn't know what I was talking about, and it wasn't because I was opaque. One of them knew enough philosophy to know that what I was talking about was good and right on. The other two had to go to him and say, we don't have a clue what he's talking about. Is this good? And he said, yeah, trust me, this is really good. So stick with it. But there, there was like 50 people in the world that cared what I was working on. You see that? I want to show you something about in our life in Christ, though. Here's what happens. You walk into this area where there's all this stuff, right? And then you start walking through and you do your college and you even do a master's degree. And you're, you're, you're getting to where you're kind of mastering this room, right? This way of God, right? And you kind of come to a moment, like we're coming to today, that's a bit of a door, right? And so the, the focus is narrowing as God is teaching you things, right? And so you get to a place to where you're being taught things, and you get to this door. But then here's the thing, and I'm telling you this, after 40 years, this is more true today than I've ever known it to be. When you open the door, it's not into a smaller, more specific, more focused room. It's like a whole other universe opens to you. You walk in the door and you're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea this even existed. I'm telling you, if you'll come forward today and you'll let people lay hands on you and you'll let them pray for you to be empowered and commissioned, to be, which means to be sent. If you'll go out in that empowerment and that sending, I'm telling you what will happen is you will walk into a room that is so magnificent that it will change your understanding of all of life. I know that to be true because for 40 years I've been walking through these doors and what I'm finding is I can't wait to get to the next one because it's going to be a whole another universe of wow. That's why you want to come forward and get prayed for. There is, however, one more reason and I can't remember at all what it is. <laughs> I'm really serious. Uh, uh, oh, I know it was. When you get baptized, I want you to think about this. When you get baptized... That's a symbolic moment. It's important, right? When you get baptized, you're proclaiming to the world, and you've, most of you have been baptized and rebaptized. But when you get baptized, that's an important proclamation to the world. But think about it for a second. Does anything substantive happen to you at the moment that you get baptized? I want to say yes, but I also want to say, no, it's really symbolic of what God did with you, which is make you new. See what I mean? It reads you're proclaiming what he's already done. That's what baptism is, Right? And I'm not saying there's not a moment that happens in your proclamation because it seals and does this thing, but I'm saying that it's referencing something else. But think about commissioning. It's not referencing anything else. It's not symbolic of anything else. When, you, when I pray, when I lay hands on Adam to be imparted and to be called into this particular mission, and that you can be commissioned in several different ways. We're going to see that biblically in just a sec. But when, when I do this, when I lay my hands on him and he is being commissioned and sent, anointed for that particular task, 
That happens the moment that I lay my hands on him. That's when he's empowered. I don't have to lay my hands on him, but he has to be commissioned. You see that? That's when he's empowered to do that particular thing that the Lord has asked him to do. You see that? So I want to tell you, thank you. So I want to tell you that the, the, the third reason why you want to come forward and be prayed for today is because it's a substantive moment. It's not just symbolic. It's a moment of genuine transformation. It's a moment of genuine empowerment. It's a moment of him speaking to you and sending you. See what I mean? Okay, we got it? All right? I'm, I'm just going to... I'm just going to keep going because of, I was going to have somebody pray, but I'm just going because I just want to. Okay. Uh, so I want to show you this biblically now before we go into our prayer. Got it? All right. So here we go. We're at Luke 9. He called the 12 together. He gave them power and authority over the demons to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. See that? He, he calls them together. He gives them power and authority over demons and to cure diseases. Now, how did he do that? He didn't have to lay hands on them, but when you, when you just look at the, the flow of the scripture and the other times that we see people being commissioned, what we're going to see is, is that happens typically where someone lays hands on you. The idea is an impartation of spirit. If you were to think about it this way, Moses was, Holy Spirit came upon Moses, and he was anointed to lead the nation of Israel in the wilderness, right? Now, at some point in time, it became clear he needed help. So God said, I'm going to take up the spirit that's upon you, and I'm going to put it on 70 other people. Do you see the imagery? Now, do note, that was not a laying on of hands time. We're going to see in the New Testament, laying on of hands, that's why we're going to lay hands on you today. Okay? It doesn't have to happen. But what does have to happen is that spirit has to be and dropped onto you. See? This calling, this anointing. I want you to be aware of something, that the people that I've called and asked to pray up here, I have prayed for each of them this morning to be commissioned for this task today and going forward in their ministry. So what I'm saying is, is if we're looking at the laying on of hands as an impartation, I, what I'm doing is, is I'm, I, I laid my hands. I, there's nothing special about me. Anybody who knows me well knows that. Okay? But, but what happens is I have been anointed, and I'm clear about that. And I hope you see the benefit and the fruit and the truth of that. And the point is, is I take of that spirit that's on me and I, and I impart it, lay it on. See what I mean? So that they are also, and I've done that with these people who are praying, and they will then be do, in turn praying for you and doing that. You see it? All right? Now, the other thing that we'll be doing at that point in time is, is that I've got some, we've got these little vials of oil, and I do want you to understand, it's all right, it's all right. In the, New Test in the Old Testament, by the way, anointing with oil isn't so much a New Testament concept, but it's still fine to do. There's no problem with it. It happens like for the sick and so on, so it still happens, but not so much for things like David. See, uh, this is a thousand years before Christ. The prophet Samuel has been told to go and find the person who's going to take over from Saul, the king that was before. And the Lord said, this is the one, David, anoint him, anoint him. See, now anoint means taking oil, and what they would do is they'd pour it over your head. We're going to spare you that. Okay? So they would pour it over the head because the idea was is that spirit would come down and it would soak over all of you, and it was like the Holy Spirit coming down and clothing you. Or not clothing is not the wrong, right word because oil is so much closer than clothing, right? Oil is, is everywhere, right? 
oil drips down and completely covers you. And so what he did is Samuel took the flask of oil oil that he brought and he anointed David with the oil and the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day forward. Then Samuel returned to Ramah. Now, I got to do just a very quick little technical thing here. If you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, why would you need to be anointed again? Simple, okay? I hope you've all been baptized in the Holy Spirit. I don't think you have, but I, th I think most people here have. And, and all that means is the Holy Spirit coming upon. That's what our Empowered Series is about. The Holy Spirit coming upon to empower you to do what he's asking you to do. We're empowering you for the specific calling that he's sending you in today, meaning the commissioning. See what I mean? Now, that doesn't mean he's going to tell you, well, you're supposed to be a baker and you're supposed to be a candlestick maker. What that is, is, is we're saying we're sending you forth because you've been here listening to these sermons and you've gone through college and you're now being anointed to take what you've been learning here into the world. You're being commissioned to do that. You see it? So that's what we're doing. By the way, if you're new here and you're, you came with a friend or something and you're going, I don't know if I want to come forward and do that, that's fine. Just like, you know, like if you went to the, you'd go to your friend's graduation, right? Well, this is like your friend's graduation, so you don't have to come forward. But if you're here and you want to come forward, the Lord's moving on you, by all means do. Okay? We want to commission you and we want to send you forth. Okay? All right. So you get the idea. What we're going to do is we're going to lay hands on and pray, and then we're going to take a little bit of oil and dab it on your forehead. Uh, and that's just the way that we do it these days, and it's just symbolic, but it's symbolic of the Holy Spirit coming upon, impartation, and I always think of the oil as the staying, right? It just covers you completely, and it stays, okay? All right, now, watch this, though. Watch this. What he says is, take nothing for your journey, no staff, nor bag, nor bread, nor money, and do not have two tunics. Now, watch this. What's he saying here? What he's saying is, what, we've, what he's been saying to us for the last three or four weeks. For the last three or four weeks, particularly last week, if you did not hear last week's sermon, I love you, please make sure that you watch it or hear it. Because there was a revelation in there that I think was one of the most important things that God has said to us in a long time, which was, this is not about you. This is about the Holy Spirit that's in you. And there was an incredible revelation about how deeply that's true. And you'll see it again here. But what I want you to see is, is what God is saying is, the anointing that I pray over you is enough. You don't need to add anything to it. You don't need to protect yourself. You don't need to do anything else. In fact, you need to specifically quit relying on all the other stuff that you do. You see it? You need to know. It's, you know, later on, he's going to say, go ahead and take your bags and your staff. You're going out for a long trip. No problem. But in this moment, he wants them to understand the anointing is enough for you. So what he's doing is, is in the physical, I'm going to show you that I can provide for you perfectly, purely. You don't have anything, and you will lack for nothing. And he's trying to communicate, I have anointed you, and you lack for nothing. See it? In fact, he goes on, and what he does is he says it this way. Whatever house you enter, stay there, and there from there depart. Well, think about that. Well, here's what that means is, see, what I do as a human being is, is I look at the situation. Whatever situation I arrive at, I've always got my eye out for a better situation. Right? Right? I mean, technically what this is is going into someone's house and finding another nicer house and going, well, I'd rather stay there. They have air conditioning. <laughs> see? But, but practically what I want you to understand is, is what's, he, what's he trying to communicate? 
don't do that thing that we all do to try and make it better. I'm, I'm going to get very specific with you here. There's going to be about 10, 11 uh, couples sitting up here, standing up here to pray for you. And, and I think a lot of people are going to want to be prayed for by me because you have some wrong understanding about, and I love you, so I don't mean this harmfully, but you have some thought that maybe there's something more in me than there is in somebody else. And if it is me that is imparting to you, I wouldn't get prayed for me ever. I would do yourself a huge favor and not pick up whatever garbage is in me. Uh, do you understand what I'm trying to say here? What I'm trying to say is, is what we're going to ask you to do is pray. And when you feel ready, I want you to just look up. And I want you to understand that the person that's open is the person that God has for you. When I prayed for each one of these people this morning, there was a word that came from each person. And I felt like that was going to be the anointing which they were going to pray over the people that came to them. So what I'm telling you is, you can make your choice about where to go, in which case you'll get whatever. Or you can make his choice. You can allow his choice to happen in you. And I think you'll find yourself having something happen to you which is specific to you. That's what he's trying to say here. Don't do your normal thing. Trust that wherever I put you is where I put you. I mean you to be there. So I want us to practice it now. Right? Okay? So lovingly, right? Now, but somebody can come up to me. Don't leave Julie and me hanging, okay? <laughs> All right. Now watch this one. This is this, he really does have it. When it. Wherever they do not receive you when you leave that town, shake off the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. Watch this. Here's what it should say, because this is how we think about it. When you go into some place and they don't receive your testimony... Maybe it's because they're rejecting God, or maybe it's because you screwed up. Maybe it's because you didn't bring it right. Does it say that? Here's what he's saying to these 12 that he has commissioned. It's by my anointing that you're going to do the ministry that you're going to do, and you're not a part of that. You're just the vessel of it, and all I'm asking you to do is be the vessel of it. And when they reject, they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting me. And so wipe the dust means that's a judgment against. See, I'm not allowing any part of you to stay with me. See what I mean? Because you didn't go with God. So think about what this means right now. It means it really is him, right? I mean, they're being told the stuff that happened. If they reject you, it wasn't because you messed up and you didn't know enough. It was because they rejected me. Now think about this. Look at the authority that that puts you in. You see that? I wouldn't want everybody, anybody to ever get a big head from this and think you could never make a mistake. What I would want us to do is to learn how to stand in the authority that he has given us. Because I, I've told you over and over, and I've been saying this for 16 years here, I don't think we have any understanding of who we really are in Christ. I really believe that. I believe that about me. I do. I believe I make all kinds of decisions all the time because I don't know who I actually am in Christ. I don't know that door that's coming, and I have chosen something short of what he would take me into if I would just lay it down and walk in. See it? So that's what he's telling them. I hope that all makes more sense to you now than it did before. I hope you understand why he's sending them out with the instructions he does. Because if you get those instructions, what happens is... You'll depart and you'll go through the villages preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Well, that's what he's promising here. Now, just real quickly, I want you to see, this is him anointing them before they were Christians, right? 
They're not, they're not born again yet. He hasn't died for their sins yet. And so they're being anointed the same way that David was, the same way that Moses was, the same way that Bezalel was, the same way that a lot of people in the Old Testament were to do his task. And we're still being anointed in that same way today. The difference between today and them is that we're new creatures that he's anointing. We've been made new inside, which is exactly what happens to them, and then they do this. See, in John 20, Jesus has died, paid for their sins, he's risen again, they're gathered where they're afraid, Sunday evening, disciples are meeting behind closed doors, afraid of the Jewish leaders, suddenly Jesus is standing there among them, peace be with you, my don't be afraid, as he spoke he showed them the wounds in his hand and his side, it really is me. And they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. And again he said, now this time, peace, reconciliation. I'm restoring your relationship to God that was lost at the garden. In fact, I'm restoring a better relationship than the garden people ever had. And he said, peace be with you. As the Father has, see a commissioning here? I'm going to show you two parts of this particular commissioning. But you see, he's commissioning them. As the Father sent me, so I'm sending you. Commission. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit, and they were made new inside. Now there was this thing that he did, though. He took those new Christians, and he didn't send them right then, did he? What he did was, he was gathered with them in Jerusalem. This is 50 days later. He commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the Father's promise. He said, which is what you heard from me, John baptized with water. You're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now remember I'm saying there's a difference between being baptized with the Holy Spirit and being anointed to do the particular thing that he's sending you out to do. Okay? But nonetheless, they're awfully close. Right? So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, are you restoring the kingdom to Israel at this time? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or periods. Okay? But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, the nearest place, in Judea, the next nearest place, in Samaria, the next nearest place, and to all the world. See, ever-widening circles. Got it? Okay. Now, that's where they were commissioned. That's where they were empowered for their commissioning. And what happened? The day of Pentecost arrived, they're all together in one place. Suddenly there comes from heaven a sound, I guess it was less than 50, but anyway. Uh, sound like a mushroom wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And people were hearing their spiritual language in their own language. That's a minor theological point, but I want to make the point that they weren't speaking German and French or Greece and Roman and Latin and so on. They were speaking in tongues, and people were hearing them. You can argue about that. I don't care. It doesn't matter for today. Okay? What does matter is this. Why don't you think about it? The mushing, riding, mighty rushing wind comes, and what does that signify? Yes, spirit, but spirit in power. See? But now watch this one. This is a cool one. The fire falls on them. What's that remind you of? Back in the Old Testament, God appears to Moses in a fire over a burning bush. Doesn't consume the bush, but he's able to speak from that to Moses. Now what's happening? That fire is on us. And we are not being consumed, but he's able to speak from that fire to someone else. You see it? So this is good, right? Now I just want you to see 
Paul has a similar experience now. Remember Paul? We're saying that, that being sent is different than just being filled with the Holy Spirit. Here's Paul when he gets, uh, oh, this is 3,000 people get saved. The Peter starts preaching, and, and brothers, what should we do? Because they're cut to the heart, and then 3,000 people get saved. Okay? That would be a good thing to have happen from here today. Now, Ananias, Saul is persecuting Christians. He's kicking against the goad, meaning God is trying to get him to move a different direction in his life, and he's not. And so he says it's hard to kick against the goads, isn't it? Then he blinds him to show him that he's spiritually blind. He can't see. And now he's praying and waiting until the prophet comes. The prophet comes as he's been told by God. Ananias comes, finds Saul, who's Paul. He laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me to you so that you might regain your sight, you might actually see, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes. He regained his sight, then he got up and was baptized. And he was empowered right there, baptized in the Holy Spirit right there, right? But what happens 17 years later when he's in Tarsus doing ministry? One day these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, and the Holy Spirit said, Dedicate Barnabas and Saul for the special work God called them. Did he, does he tell you what the special work is right there? He just says that you have it. Well, well what if you don't have it? Well, I, Ephesians says this. You've been, you're a, his masterpiece, and since before the foundations of the world, he has had a calling works for you to do. Every single person in here is a priest. We are a royal priesthood. You are essential to the working out of God's plan. Dedicate Barnabas and Saul for the special work to have called them. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. Now here's what we're going to do. We're done now. Can I have one of those little ribbons? Yeah, thank you. What we're going to do is, in just two seconds, I'm going to have a little background music come up. And then what we're going to do is, is, is first, like I say, we're going to gather here. And here's what I want you to do. You see where it says pray and fasting, and then they did this? I want you to take some time. I don't want you to just jump forward and try and be first. And by the way, when you're done, you're done. I love you. But, but oh, let me say it before I forget it. When you're done, would you go to the back, and there'll be two couples that will be serving you communion? And would you seal your send with a communion on the way out. See it? But what I want you to do is, is I want you to pray until you feel like the Lord has said now. And then I want you to just open your eyes and I want you to look around and the person that looks like the person that you're supposed to go to, go to them. See what I mean? Try to do this by the Spirit led, not by the, you see what I'm saying? Not by your own eyes. And just go to that person and let them pray for you. And what they're going to do is just what I did right here. It's going to take one to three minutes, not very long. And what they're going to do is they're going to pray for you and they're going to lay hands on you so as to impart the Spirit. They're going to put oil on you if you would let them. If you really don't want them to do that, I love you. Don't, you can say, please don't do that. It's fine. We won't do it. Okay? But the point is, is that we want to pray for you. We want to lay hands on you. We want to anoint you with oil. And then, like I say, they're going to be asking for the Lord to speak through them for you. And they'll be praying. And so pay attention to what they're saying. And then when you're done... They're going to give you one of these. Now, I meant these to look a lot more like um, graduation things. And I was going to buy everybody a graduation one, right? You know what I mean? An actual tassel you, know, that you flip on the hat. 
but but I, I saw these instead, and I went, tassels you're not going to keep because they're going to be around your desk, and then you're going to throw it away because you keep a clean desk. Unless you're Julie, and then you're going to have everybody's tassel in her office. Okay? I haven't done the offering? I was supposed to do that. You were supposed to stop me. Okay, thank you. We're going to have to do an offering here in one second, okay? Uh, so thank you guys for getting ready for that. Thank you for catching that. Uh, so there's a tassel, okay? But, but I, this was more of a bookmark, and I thought, you know what? It has a tassel look. I meant it to be a little longer. I'm sorry. I just got them the other day. But, but the point is, is this is something you can stick in your Bible. This is something you can stick somewhere, and I just want you to put it somewhere where you're going to remember. God called me. He didn't just call me. He commissioned me. He anointed me. He empowered me. Not just in a general fashion. He anointed me for the thing that he has since before the foundation of the world had for me to do. And so when you see this, remember that he has a calling for you and that you're going to be walking in that calling. You catch it? So they're going to give you one of these when they're done. So the way that we'll do this, thank you for doing the offering thing. I'm going to go ahead and take the offering right now, and we're going to go throughout, and the baskets will go. And then as soon as, as soon as you're done giving to the couples, then come forward after you've already given your offering. And then, uh, and then like I say, there'll be background music. You can go ahead and come up now and start playing that. And then what we're going to do is pray. When you're ready, come forward and get prayed for. For the people who are coming forward, thank you for just spacing yourself out enough that you're not going to be a distraction to the person next to you as you pray for them. You see what I mean? So give it a few feet. But we want to kind of go to that wall to that wall. You catch the drift? So kind of space yourself out accordingly. Be spaced out, okay? All right. Lord, in Jesus' holy and precious name, this is a moment. This is an important moment. This is an important moment in this church's life. But this is an important moment in each person's here life, and that, after all, is what the church really is. So God, in Jesus' holy and precious name, we lift up each person to you right here, right now. And we would ask you that you would anoint, that you would empower, that you would speak a word, that you would cause us to walk out of here different than we walked in. God, we who are about to be prayed for also would lift up to you, saying, I'm in by giving us, giving you the fullness of our offering, of our tithe and our offering. We do not withhold from you anything. We know that you are the source and the fullness of everything. So in Jesus' holy and precious name, God, thank you. Thank you. Praise you. We act now as we give. And then we ask you to act through those who are praying through us. Send us, Lord. Here are we. Send us. Commission us this day for the work that you have prepared for us to do since before the foundation of the world. In Jesus' holy and precious name. Thank you for pouring out in your giving. I think, actually, I'm glad the Lord worked this out this way. This is a better way to do it. Thank you that we have a chance to respond to him. And then we're going to come forward and have him anoint us. So guys, go ahead and pass that out. 
And then, like I say, couples that have been called forward after the basket passes, would you come forward? Okay. here today, uh, when we get done praying for people, when you're done being prayed for, please take communion and go, and, and go out and meet people in the hallway and so on, but when, when the people who are working today are done, when the room is done, we want you to come forward too. We don't want anybody to get out of here without being prayed for, if you want it. We're not going to make you, but okay. If you have kids in the nursery, please don't go to it until, kids and kids program, please don't go until 1145. Okay, because they're, they're in class and it'll be disruptive to pull them out. So you can eat and have fun with people. <laughs>